cultural limiting beliefs. We are discussing what they are and how we can unlearn them so we can thrive as a result. Don't go anywhere. Yes, you are here. Bienvenida to the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a mixed language podcast hosted by me, Jen Hemphill, to help you become the reign of your money and love your dinero more. If you are needing some inspiration and encouragement at this very moment, you have come to the right place. Gracias por compartir este tiempo conmigo. Now let's jump in to today's Dose of Money Confidence. Hola, hola. How is it going? This is Jen Hempel, your host. I really appreciate you being here. And cultural beliefs, I'm sure you've heard that term. It's something that we all have. Some are positive and some can hold us back. And for us Latinos, it's no different. I know for me personally, I grew up with the belief of needing to be grateful for what we had, which translated into feeling guilty for wanting more or actually having more because that was a bad thing or that's how I interpreted based on what I heard and saw growing up. Today we are going to discuss how to unlearn those cultural limiting beliefs that can hold us back so we can thrive on a bigger level with our special guest Valeria Aloe. Valeria Aloe is a Hispanic market and mindset thought leader, consultant, speaker, and author. She is the founder of Abundancia Consciente, a bilingual personal and professional transformation platform for Latinas who are first generation to academic and professional spaces. She is the author of Uncolonized Latinas, a book that offers a roadmap for Latinas to unlearn cultural limiting beliefs and thrive in new spaces, which is our topic for today. Lista, let's go meet Valeria. Bienvenida, Valeria. I am so excited to have you here with us. I know we connected about a year ago. You've done such fantastic work, a lot of research, a lot of really deep work. So I'm just thrilled to have you to learn from you and really get to know you in this conversation. Welcome. Hola, Jen. Gracias. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here with you today. We always start on this podcast with just going back in time. So if you could take us back in time and to tell us a little bit about your upbringing, your experiences, lessons that you have around money, memories that you have that really have impacted you even in today where you still are navigating that experience or that memory or maybe just trying to overcome something that really impacted you. So talk to us. Thank you for that question because usually I'm a white showing Latina, as they say. I'm from Argentina, but I've been here in the U.S. for 20 years. I came here to do my MBA at TAC, the TAC School of Business at Dartmouth, which is an Ivy League school, and worked 20 years for multiple corporations in seven countries. So when people look at my resume, they assume that I come from privilege, and actually I do not. So thank you for asking that question. I was born in a small town. General Belgrano in Argentina. It's a rural town that is two hours south of Buenos Aires. And I come from a very hardworking family. 
My father had to start working at 11 years old. He could not attend high school. My mother, yes, attended high school, but college was not in the radar at all for women or for women from an underserved family like her. Just they didn't have financial resources. They had to start working. So my childhood, I have to say, was a very happy childhood surrounded by nature and family. And my parents planted the seed of, yes, you can. From a very young age, I was doing really well at school. I have to say, I had really good grades. And I remember going to them with my report card and they were all excited to see all my grades and started to dream that you're going to be the first woman in the family to go to college, actually the first one to go to college. And what I really honor about my parents is, you know, very hardworking and always positive about possibilities, even though they had no means, no financial means to pay for my education. There was no money to pay for college, let alone to move to Buenos Aires. And it was just the how was not clear. So I really honor that. On the other hand, I have to say that I grew up with a lot of conversations around struggle. You know, what I heard was money is difficult to earn. We do not have enough. Making money is really hard. Getting opportunities, job opportunities for more money is very hard. Those opportunities don't come to us easily. There is always sacrifice involved. So that's what I heard. So my association with money was that it's very hard to make. It requires sacrifice. And the people in our small town that had money, because some people were professionals, they had gone to college, they had money. The two families that I knew that my parents were employed by them, they had really hard life issues. Like they lost a child, they had sickness and death in the family. So there was this association with, oh my gosh, money may be a curse in a way. So that's what I grew up. Plus going to a Catholic school, it's a cocktail, right? Mix that up with to go to heaven, you need to be poor. <laughs> so mm. we're on a cocktail in as a child. And as a result, then we'll go on in the story. But that's how I grew up, essentially. That's interesting. So I heard in your family, there's a lot of positivity. They have a positive outlook, but at the same time, earning money was hard yeah. and money was a curse, right? Yeah. And so I'm curious because in being surrounded by that, obviously you have done so well. I'm curious how, because I noticed you also studied finance. Was there any correlation to you studying finance to with those experiences? I'm curious about that. My father was employed by an accountant and he used to bring work home and he was all the time doing numbers. And I really loved math. I was doing really well at math. I had a passion for numbers. And when it came time to choose a career, college, honestly, I could have gone for engineering easily. But that was not even in the radar. My parents said, a doctor? an accountant. <laughs> and I do not remember the other. It was like a teacher, you know, it was like very limited options, no more than four, a lawyer. So of all the options that were set on the table for me, and it's not that they were forcing me, it was all we knew. In our small town, people who were professionals had those three to four careers only. You didn't have engineers in a small town, right? So it was limited in terms of the universe that I knew. And I chose accounting that is a five-year 
college degree that prepares you to be a CFO, essentially, in Argentina, because that's what felt closer to me. And in a way, I can see now that I wanted to fulfill my father's dream of getting a degree as well. You know, so that's what it was. Yeah. That is interesting. And as you pursued this career in finance, at any time throughout your career, did you, did the stories from your past come up where earning money is hard or maybe you were doing well because accounting is a great career or maybe the stories of having money, you know, you felt the guilt of having more money, let's say. Did any of those type of things show up in your life? during the course of your career in finance? Later on, I have to say that in the beginning, I felt very empowered. I knew financial statements and I still know inside out. That's knowledge that has stayed with me and really allowed me to make really good money decisions. Understanding the number, really knowledge is power. And I can't see now how really when you get to a point that you know how to multiply your money, it's freedom. That's what it is about. I do not need to be employed full time. I have my own business. I have written this book. I have dedicated a lot of my hours to this book versus working in a corporation. So knowing how to handle money gave me freedom. And that to me is priceless. However, as I succeeded in my career through a lot of hard work and discipline, I'm not going to minimize that. A lot of hard work, studying and discipline and really getting the work done and building trust in these companies, in these corporations, I started to have success. I was promoted. I got salary increases. And when I started to do well financially and I looked back at where I was coming from or the lifestyle that the rest of my family could afford, I started to have a lot of mental noise. I started to feel guilty. But beyond that, I felt the tension between the reality of I'm succeeding And the beliefs from my culture as an immigrant from Latin America, from the so-called third world country, the feeling of inadequacy, inferiority, lack that we carry culturally, right? I started to have that internal tension and clash that this is not supposed to happen so easily. Money is coming in. It's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to have sacrifice. It may be cursed. Something really bad may happen. That happened around, I have to say, when I came here to the U.S. in my 30s. That's when I started to feel that tension because I was here making a salary in dollars and all of my family in Argentina struggling. So it makes inside of me with really, really tension about what I'm creating and what my mind tells me that I am supposed to create. It was a mismatch. I can imagine. I can imagine because you've already had your experience growing up that money was hard, the, the the curse of money, but you had that positivity, which helped, I think, probably influenced you to do really well as you have done. Yeah. When you were experiencing that, did you just kind of go along in life or did you take a pause? and try to figure that out. Tell us a little about how that went, because maybe you just kept going because you didn't know what to do. I mean, a lot of us don't. Like, I'm that person. I've navigated through life and didn't understand that I had the stories, the impact of the stories growing up, how much it impacted what I was thinking on a day-to-day basis, what I was thinking about money, what I was thinking we were capable of. So I'm curious, did you just navigate through life Did you have some moments where you were trying to figure that, what was this for you? 
So it was mostly unconscious. I can look back now, and 2016 was a major year for me. I burnt out, essentially. So when I look back, life stopped me. 2016 came, and I burnt out. Then I had a concussion, and I had a broken foot. So life said, I'm going to stop you so that you can just stop this life, this high-speed train that you're into, (laughs) essentially, and go back in, find yourself, and do an in-depth work on how to live a life of purpose and happiness because I was not happy. And then I had like all these degrees and corporate promotions and I was not happy. Beautiful family, two healthy children, so many blessings, abundance in so many ways. And I felt miserable. I had essentially put all my energy in creating my career. That's all I knew because I made myself a businesswoman since I was little. That's all I cared about going to college and then working. That's all that I put in my radar. And I worked very hard, a lot of, as I said, sacrifice. So unconsciously, I see now looking back that unconsciously, because I was feeling not good enough, not deserving of the money, very guilty about making money, I started to overcompensate. I started to say, oh my gosh, this is not supposed to be flowing easily in my life. So I need to work harder. I need to first justify that the money that is coming in, I deserve it, that I'm working hard for it. So I started to work even harder, more hours to overcompensate, all of this unconsciously. And then I stopped asking for more. I went seven years without asking for a salary increase because I felt that, oh my gosh, I can't really feel deserving of what's coming in. Why go for more? That's greed. (laughs) So I stopped asking. And I had all these unhealthy behaviors around the money was coming in, but I had all these unhealthy behaviors of working myself to exhaustion, past exhaustion, until I had sugar issues, heart arrhythmia, and I collapsed mentally, physically, and emotionally. I was putting all my personal value in the outside. And with all these unhealed money, stories, and cultural narratives that were driving me unconsciously. 2016, I burnt out. You know, that's where life said, enough. I said enough. And that was probably the changing point for you. Yes. That was essentially darkness, absolute darkness and feeling miserable. And I had no choice but to go inside and say, how did I get myself into this? And I started to do a lot of spiritual work, a lot of self-empowerment tools. I had done for 20 years, but now I went deep, deep, deep. I made it like daily practices, looking to observation of my thought patterns, my behaviors, and start pivoting. Micro adjustments. Right. Micro moments of adjustments and checking in, you know, and that's what it is, is becoming an observant of what goes on inside of you and look for the root, the cause root of what's causing this. And it's not recent. It's usually in the childhood. It's usually what you learn from authority figures because you trusted them and you absorbed their mindset, their belief system, and you made it yours. And so unlearning that is what I got into since 2016. Wow. Yes. And I totally relate to this because none of us know how to navigate this. Just like... Well, things are shifting when, you know, we're not taught personal finance. We're definitely not taught about 
the impact of these stories and what impact they have on our finances or on our relationship with money, on our, not ability, but feeling the empowered to ask for more money at work. And there's not a how-to, but of course you've written a book that that could help you navigate this, but there hasn't been. So how, you know, it's, it's hard to navigate. So for you listening, if you are hearing Valeria and you're really resonating, just know that don't feel guilt that, oh my goodness, this is on me because it's not your fault. We were not taught how to do this. And as you hear, Valeria experienced burnout. It took her to experience burnout. And then from there, she was figuring out on her own. I have shared with you, if you've been with me for a long time with this podcast, for me, that year was 2010, where I realized that things weren't shifting. And like you, Valeria, there was, I felt guilt. I was studying to be an accredited financial counselor. People thought I had it together, yet we didn't. So just trying to figure out is something that we, like you, I had to learn on my own and is not a perfect system because as you're learning on your own, you just make mistakes along the way. You think maybe you got it figured out and then you don't. And it's the process. I'm taking a quick second to interrupt your listening to remind you this show relies on your support to continue to grow. If you get a ton of value, it would mean everything if you can hit the follow button on wherever you listen to, share with a friend, and give us a quick and honest review. Gracias y te mando muchos abrazos. So I want to get into your book now that's called Uncolonized Latinas, which helps really unlearn those type of stories that we've been talking about. You've shared a little bit, but Give us more examples of what are some stories that we can, you know, how we can unlearn these stories. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. And how can we thrive as a result? Because you've shared some and tell us some other examples, whether they're yours or from other people that you know. So, you know, I start smiling when you ask about my book because it's been the most expansive experience that I have. I was fortunate to go through in the last years. In 2016, when I burned out, I stepped out of corporate and I was invited to an event with the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. So essentially, a year later, I was leading an entire program for a Chamber of Commerce for entrepreneurs. And I started to see that the same patterns that I had were across the board for Latinos, immigrants, and children of immigrants. All the stories around money and growth and success that we have. So I started to do research. I said, there has to be a way out of this. How is this possible that we are so powerful in this country in terms of numbers? We're going to be 30% of the US in 2060. We are such a young, thriving, passionate, capable, resourceful community, yet we are not in leadership positions, equally represented, we are not, and we are not building wealth in the way we should. So Latinas make half of what white men make, 30% less than white women, and in terms of leadership, we are 10% in this country women, 
you can find less than 2% of Latinas in executive positions. So I said, what's the root cause? And I did a lot of research. I interviewed 55 Latinas, went through 80 research reports. And at the end of the day, the root cause, what trips us is the mindset. Because you can give me any promotion. And I thought it was me. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's me. No, it's cultural. It happens to all of us. And through this extensive research with all of these Latinas, it was like they had to transform their mindset to succeed. They were given promotions, money was coming in, but the mindset was tripping them because we carry a set of very ancestral limiting beliefs around success, money, power. So that created the opportunity to put all of this in a book. So what particular stories I have found is that I have to say what has been extremely pervasive for us as a community has been the silence. Because so I honor Jen what you do because talking about these topics is healing Mm -hmm. for people in the audience to feel identified with the topics we're talking about starts to release them. Once we name these beliefs, these limiting hurdles that we feel, these all of these emotions, the guilt, once we give them a name, we have authority and power to unlearn them. So this work that you do of allowing people to talk about it, to feel engage with it to share the same emotion is absolutely healing for our community that's number one yeah so because we need to bring as a first step these topics to the awareness and to really have compassion that it's not just you it's cultural this is the culture we come from these are the remnants of the colonial mindset and the feeling of lack inadequacy it's been across the board So the empowering stories that I can share with you are stories of women. And there is this woman that comes to mind, Carolina. She's an executive in a Wall Street bank, extremely successful. But she was feeling absolutely out of place, guilt about making money, the only Latina in the room most of the time, absolutely uncomfortable. And she shares something that was extremely powerful, that is success starts within. Success is an inside job. So the big lesson from the book and all these stories of all women is that they all went inside and they all took the time with compassion, with no judgments, to look, to journal, to talk to others, to their tribe, and to really go deep within and see what narratives do I have that are not serving me any longer. That's the starting point. There's more, but that's the very beginning. It's like, do your inner work. The inner work has to be done. And I still do a lot of affirmations. You know how affirmations now are are mainstream? Guess what? Affirmations are extremely powerful. Every day I tell myself, I am enough. I deserve to enjoy my life. I am creating abundance in all levels. I am following my intuition to create even more abundance in my life. So I have my affirmations. And it's part of the unlearning process. It continues until the day we leave the planet. Yeah, and I wanted to, for those of you listening, you've heard me say I'm kind of part woo-woo and part not. And with affirmations, I was like, oh, that's just too woo-woo. But over the years, I have just learned and have really confirmed how much power those words, because what you tell your mind 
you basically create just like if on a Monday, the coffee spills and you're like, oh, you blame it on a Monday. And then another you're late to work because I don't know, traffic or whatever. And you blame it on the Monday. And then you continue to say, oh, it's because of Monday. You're setting your mind up that day to expect more of those things, right? So it's the same thing like Valeria says, the affirmations that she tells herself is helping her set up not just for the day, but her mind to really what she's wanting or allowing herself to receive. And I think it's really powerful. And I love how much research that you did for this book, Valeria, because I think that's super important to show and showcase because with Latinas in the U.S., like I presume they're Latinas in the U.S. Yes. Okay. They're still in Canada, but yes, most of them in the U.S. North America, let's just say. Yes. (laughs) But we have to also consider the different segments. Like you're an immigrant. I was born in Colombia, but I'm not an immigrant. So that experience is different, right? Then there's those that are born in the U.S. and have been here for several generations. So those stories are slightly different. So I can just only imagine would have loved to have been a fly on the wall just listening <laughs> just listening yes. to those interviews. Yeah. You know, and these are Latinas from all walks of life, entrepreneurs, professionals in their 20s, in their 30s, in their 40s, born here, born abroad, Afro-Latinas, I have to say, mm-hmm. Afro-Latinas, the full diversity that we have. Right. And, you know, something that I'm now pursuing a doctorate in spiritual sciences and something that I want to offer is like I was doing an exercise the other day journaling. And I had to look into a struggle that I was facing. And it was actually about my business. You know, as I was journaling, pay attention to the images that your mind throws out. Maybe just a glimpse, because I saw this image of myself just for a second of when I was nine years old in my kitchen with my father. And he was saying, we do not have enough. We are poor. We do not have enough. And I saw that and I immediately correlated that to this narrative that has me sometimes working too hard, looking for more clients because I feel I don't have enough. So the first thing that I did is I said, how can I learn this? And how can I unlearn this? And I wrote the affirmation, right? Instead of saying, I am poor and I don't have enough, I wrote down and I put in sticky notes around the house. I am abundant. I have enough and I can enjoy it. And you know how much it changes your day to read a sticky note and to start from a place of abundance that you have enough, that your needs are covered, that you have blessings in your life and you can have gratitude towards that versus feeling that nothing is enough and I need more. So just the intention and starting the day with that mindset creates more abundance, uh, better relationships, more enjoyable moments. You know, it just changes your entire day. So those are the small things that pay attention to what your mind throws those images from the past and unlearn those. Yeah. So one way to unlearning it is you say affirmations. What other yes. ways, what other steps or what other ways are there to unlearn? So affirmations is one and probably a big one. <laughs> yes. What else can we do to unlearn? Definitely inner work, affirmation, journaling. I do meditation. I take time in silence in nature. I love that that really replenishes me and allows me to connect with myself. So that's all part of the inner work. And you will find what type of inner work best resonates for you. Singing, music, there are many, many, right? So what is it that connects you with your inner peace? 
and creates that moment of silence so that you can tune the mind out a little bit, like, you know, get the mind on the side a little bit and tune in with your heart, your intuition, your wisdom. And from there, start pivoting and making adjustments. But there is also a big part that I love that is experience. I'm a person that needs to have the experience in the world to continue growing. It's not just sitting here and doing meditation. It's going out in the world and having the experience. And I do two things. One is I'm very intentional about building my personal brand, my business, talking about the victories. Because we come from a culture of silence where women were essentially influenced to serve others, not to lead, let alone to talk about our victories. And honestly, part of your growth, your career, growing your profession is letting others know the great job you do. <laughs> That's key. And in this culture, a lot of people do that. I have to say most of the people do that except for Latinos. So we need to be a lot more intentional, having the experience of talking about what you do, putting yourself out there with visibility, it's key. That's number one. The second experience that I'm very intentional into is building my network, having new people to talk to every week, getting to know people. They become your ambassadors. They become your mentors, your sponsors. So build a solid network of people who will know what type of work you do that can refer you to others if you're a business owner or can support you for promotions. Those two. And let me tell you, just putting yourself out there in the world creates all of these experiences you feel uncomfortable. You know, you start having those inner talks and that's the point, having the experience to let those inner thoughts, more of those unconscious beliefs to come up to the surface so that you can look at them and unlearn them. So the experience kind of triggers all of that in a way. It takes a lot of courage, but also compassion. You know, release the judgments and know that you're here on a continuous learning path. But the experience is the most powerful one to accelerate <laughs> the unlearning process. So in terms of your daily practices that you do would be yes. your affirmations. You mentioned the experiences. Is there anything else that you do just to get the, keep those past stories in the past and your mindset in check? Is there Because I know you gave different examples, but I'm curious to know for you, what is that yes. daily practice for you? In the morning, I set my intention, you know, those affirmations, the sticky notes, that's in the morning. Throughout the day, I stop three, four, five times and I check in. I'm like, how am I feeling mentally, emotionally? Am I being run by something? Am I putting too much pressure on myself? Am I feeling guilty? So I do check-ins. During the day, three, four times a week, I do journaling. And when you journal, all the unconscious stuff comes to the surface. and I. I love just burning what I what I write. I just let it go into the universe. I'm like, this is done. It's out of me. I will burn it. And I love doing that safely, okay, in a safe place. <laughs> and then in the night, I do a little reading, some reflection about the day. And I also do a meditation, an audio meditation. So I have all those moments where the only goal is honestly to stop the inner chatter that in my case, my mind is very loud. <laughs> so to stop the inner chatter and to have those moments of peace where you can tune in and check in and continue pivoting. I love that. And what happens those days that are just extremely busy? Because I know when I journal, like you said, it just, I feel so much better. 
but I'm going to be honest. Sometimes I'm consistent with journaling and sometimes I'm not. And I think I would say it's part of just doing those practices and creating a habit that I know sometimes life gets in the way or you feel like life is getting in the way and you just do life and you don't do these daily practices. And I'm sure that happens to you sometimes. We're all human. But what would you say do you think is just a matter of creating these things as a habit? So for someone that is like, well, I've tried, you know, let's say meditation, or I've tried journaling, but I just can't keep up with it. What do you say to that person? Because this is, you know, one step at a time. Yeah. (laughs) So I will ask the person, do you shower every day? Do you brush your teeth every day? So you know what I do? I have those shortcuts. Sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, I have like 15 meetings and with the publisher and the book and a book talk and the client. So my kids, I have two children, teenagers, so it can get really busy. But when I shower and when I brush my teeth, that's when I do the Mm. inner work, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's a shortcut. You have to shower. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You have to brush your teeth. Hopefully twice a day, right? (laughs) So at least. So in those micro moments, that's when you can just take that little time, even if it's 30 seconds, a minute, five minutes, whatever that is, to do this work. And even when I shower, I imagine that I'm being showered with light, mm-hmm. you know, so you can really, in your imagination, use your creative imagination to your advantage, to win in your imagination. And I support myself like that. I imagine I'm being showered by light and the light carries all these assertive, positive affirmations, you know, and that I'm starting my day surrounded by that the wisdom, you know, that self-empowerment. So micro moments, that's the key. That is powerful. I love it. And one last thing, Valeria, I know we've talked about your book and you've talked about some of the main messages of your book, but if there was one thing that you want the reader to take away from your book, Uncolonized Latinas, what would that be? The one thing is, this is our time for Latinas. We are the first generation breaking through opportunities that were not available for our mothers and grandmothers. We're breaking through new spaces, academic, professional. So the one message is, yes, we can. Because growing up, many, many Latinas did not hear, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. So my message through that book is, here are the tools for your mindset Here are the roadmaps for you to build a life of success, whatever that means for you. Here are the tools from 55 Latinas and my own experience. But the key message underneath that is this is our time. And yes, we can. And if I made that something else, and we deserve it. We deserve it. Amen. Amen. That was beautiful. Thank you so much, Valeria. There is so much I would like to ask you more. But of course, we have limited time. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for doing the work. Writing a book is <laughs> it's not easy. And then on top of that, you did research. So add that. But thank you for taking upon you to write this book for us. And thank you for the leadership. Thank you for what you do for us in our community. I appreciate you so much. And this was wonderful. Thank you, Jen. Thank you so much. And for the platform, for the work that you do, that is extremely meaningful. 
the more we talk about these topics, the more healing and the more self-empowerment and the results, we're going to see the results in this generation because of the work people like you do. So thank you. Thank Absolutely. You. Thank you. ¿Qué te pareció? What did you think? I hope that you got as much wisdom, inspiration, and actionable tips as I did. I know I surely did take notes. You can connect with Valeria on her Instagram page, Valeria Aloe underscore author. I will have that link in the show notes. And also be sure to support a Latina author by grabbing a copy of her book on Colonized Latinas. We have that link for you in the show notes. Now I want to take a moment and remind you that in June, we will be taking a break. And that is all in air quotes. I won't be gone completely, though, because I will be leaving you a brief dinero message each week with some simple tasks that you can do to keep moving forward. So instead of listening to me for 15, 20 minutes, you will hear me for a brief two to three minutes. So that is next week and the next following five weeks, which is all of June. So definitely keep listening, keep coming back, take those simple actions that I'm going to give to you. Stay tuned for those and share this podcast with a friend. Bueno, pues that is everything. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to tune into the show. You can check out the show notes over at jenhemphill.com forward slash 310. That is jenhemphill.com forward slash 310. Remember that being the reign of your money starts at this very moment simply by claiming it. I believe in you and so should you. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Chao.